The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awaken to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. There's a lot going on in the world today, and I'm delighted, therefore, to welcome my guest, Kerry Cassidy, today, because I know she has a wealth of information, background, understanding of what is taking place, as she interviews uh, a lot of people involved in uh, the real depths of the spiritual realms, whistleblowers, and people who also have very high-level information. So, Kerry, welcome to the show. Hi there. Sorry uh, for the delay, right? Uh, I just had to stop my dog from barking. <laughs> okay, Kerry. Well, welcome and welcome to your dog too. <laughs> I'm always interested in our shows in, in chatting about um, how people's uh, path began to awaken for them. So just give us a, a, brief, a brief background into how your path opened up. Uh, okay, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I, I guess I would say that I just came onto the planet with that uh awareness already in me um i know it sounds a little strange but uh nonetheless i was a, a very very aware little kid um and i read books that were you know that i found, found around the house that were about the occult and various things and i simply knew um a lot more than i don't know than normal i guess at that time when i was young and i so I, I, I don't know how to answer that question other than to say I was very, very aware from a very young age. That's a great answer <laughs> because it, we all come in with different levels of awareness from the beginning and, and some of us start off from a low level and come through and others already have it. So that's, uh, it's, that's perfect. But, <laughs> so one of, the, uh, one of the areas that you're very much involved in is the Project Camelot. Just tell us a, a little, our listeners a little bit about that. Okay. Uh, well... I don't know whether your listeners are a sort of Project Camelot audience or not, so I hope I'm not going to be sounding repetitive to, to those that already know my story. Uh, Project Camelot was started uh, over five years ago by myself and Bill Ryan. Uh, Bill is English, and I met, uh, let's see, the way we got connected was uh, he was involved with something called the Serpo uh, Project, and he had volunteered to be a webmaster um, for information that was coming through a, an anonymous source uh, that was through a news group of Victor Martinez that is um, basically made up of people in the intelligence world, I think you might say, as well as journalists and other people that are um, uh, 
on various high levels even in, in agencies and, and so on. And uh, somehow I got a I joined that list early on and he, Bill was on the list as well and we both were part of this DIA, what was in essence the Defense Intelligence Agency release uh, of information about a uh, a human alien exchange program that happened in the 60s uh, and it was called Serpo. The planet was called Serpo, supposedly. Um, now, what happened since then is that that became very convoluted, and there's a lot of disinfo that has been released as part of that program. Uh, it was a sort of um, sponsored release, if you will, from an intelligence agency. So along with that, you get a certain amount of disinfo or um, what, they, what they always like to have, which is called pl plausible deniability. Um, so that that was how I met Bill because I decided um, to go out. Uh, I was a frustrated filmmaker in Hollywood. I, I had reached a kind of a glass ceiling. I was packaging uh, independent films, uh, trying to get those made into movies, going to s sort of uh, agencies and top uh, development executives that work for various companies. And I was also writing screenplays on the side. I was also working for JPL um, at, um, from time to time as a um, in a media, what was kind of a, a media manager. And I was so I had ended up having a lot of free time. I wrote these screenplays that were and did tons of research, and just kind of got went down the rabbit hole in terms of the black projects area of things which before I'd had more of a, a background in sort of spirituality and, and the occult and Eastern philosophy if you will um, and so uh, and and I had also you know through meditation linked my chakras and had um, multiple Samadhi experiences etc uh, etc et and so all of that came before um, so once when I um, saw that Bill was the webmaster for this, this this sort of release of information through the DIA called Serpo. I I wrote to Bill and I was going to the Laughlin conference and I was going to be interviewing a few people there including uh, Bill Hamilton and I asked Bill Ryan if he wanted an interview and I didn't really want to interview him <laughs> because he was the webmaster, and I, I just figured, well, he's the only public person that, that I could talk to about Serpo, and it was kind of like the flavor of the month in the UFO community, so I figured I would do it. But uh, I have to say I didn't have a whole lot of enthusiasm initially. But what happened was I sort of sat down with him, and we had a great talk. Um, he was very level-headed, and he, he actually um, answered my questions. I, I now have a re reputation for the kind of questions I ask, which tends to be, I guess, more in your face and, and sort of, um, I don't sort of, uh, well, in my language, I don't kiss ass of the interviewee, which happens a lot in whether you're doing radio or you're doing, you know, any kind of interviews, you will see that the interviewer a lot of times pays homage in some form or fashion, it seems, to the person they're interviewing, and my style is very different. So... Bill handled it very well, and afterwards we had dinner. He then went to uh, back to England, and we stayed in touch. And uh, I was on my way to Egypt with William Henry and Jordan Maxwell to, uh, to, to investigate the signs of Atlantis in Egypt as part of a small tour. Um, and on the way back, 
um, Bill had offered to show me Stonehenge and various power places in England. So uh, we went to, to Tintagel, which is one of the former homes uh, supposedly of King Arthur, and I had a tremendous amount of uh, past life recall at that point, which sometimes happens to me when I go to various places around the planet. And uh, and I think Bill had some kind of recall, although it wasn't quite, uh, I guess, as clear as mine. Nonetheless, we both decided then and there to, to create Project Camelot. We based it on the idea of the round table and um, the, the idea that we wanted... We wanted the truth to get out there, and we wanted a, a society that was non-hierarchical um, and where um, basically the ideas behind the, the sort of round table uh, would, would, would come to the fore again. So, uh, so that's, that's basically what we do. We put our skill sets together. Bill was a webmaster and a writer, and I was a filmmaker and a writer. So um, we literally kind of started to work on Project Camelot without... Uh, a second thought and um, we had no idea what would happen we just built this website and put it out the idea um, <laughs> and we just had a huge uh, a huge sort of reaction uh, a favorable reaction from people and we started doing interviews um, using in, in sort of a guerrilla fil filmmaking way um, and put them out on the web and just grew from there and it was it was just non-stop it was kind of magical really so Kerry, i just want a quick tintagel story i was there in march and in the heritage shop there and they had a full chain mail body chain mail and, and the, uh, guy, the guy i was with was only a young like 20 20 odd year old guy and a bit of a playful character so the first thing he did was put this chain mail on and it fitted him like a glove. The only person in the world that I could imagine it would fit is a very, very small guy. And I talk about past life recall. It was happening right there in front of us. <laughs> Fascinating, yes. Yeah. So I want to come back to a couple of points because this is actually one of my biggest questions for you for the show today. You use the expression plausible deniability and, and seeking the truth and disinformation. So how do we, with all the information that's around and all the plausible people and information, how, we, how do we discern the truth? Uh, well, I mean, from my point of view, it, 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 it's all to do with uh, your, yourself and your sort of instrument, uh, that is uh, refining yourself and, and clearing your chakras. And the more you are tuned in to, let's say, um, your heart chakra, what resonates with you will begin to become very, very apparent. And that basically is truth. And um, a lot of people... Uh, start out without kind of realizing how really psychic and um, how many different uh, senses that we really have uh, as as beings. And uh, the more you sort of awaken to your kind of what I would say your superhuman capabilities. And 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 you know there's a website uh, that we, Ingo Swan, uh, one of the top psychics and remote viewers on the planet, uh, put up, which is called BiomindSuperpowers.com. And if you haven't been there, I encourage you to go. Um, and he talks about your capabilities as um, as a human being and and what what it is we really do have within our, our power to be able to ascertain the truth and to also see, you know, the future and, and, and so on and, and to time travel, you, you name it. Um, the human, I think that it's at this time, it, in many ways, an untapped 
um, entity, what our capabilities really are as humans. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, we are, um, you know, human ET um, hybrids, all of us. And we're all actually what I would call ground crew from the ET races. Uh, we are a, a sort of a hodgepodge of various races, and all of us are, are um, most of our are different mixtures of those races. And um, and so, being if you take that on board and you start to realize that those various ET races have powers that that have been talked about and acknowledged around. Um, in various ways by contactees, etc., then you realize that you yourself have those capabilities. And um, this is what all the, the, the movies about, you know, X-Men and all the superpowers that are basically in TV shows now, very plentiful, alphas. I mean, um, almost every TV show without fail is even Suits has uh, its main character having a kind of a superhuman ability. Um, which Kerry, is, we're, actually, yeah, we're actually coming up to our, our first break, so we'll continue with this really fascinating discussion after the break. It's a bit of tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. And not coincidentally, but synchronistically, George Cavasilis has just arrived in Victoria today and will be having a full-day workshop on Saturday, July 30th at the Victoria Truth Center, 1201 Fort Street. And I would highly recommend anybody in the vicinity on Vancouver Island to come to that workshop beginning at 10 o'clock. It will be a full-day workshop. And George has a great deal to say. And, uh, Kerry, I noted on, on your Project Camelot uh, front page right now, you have interviews with both George Cavasilis and Sean David Morton. And I'd like you to, to talk a little bit about them as, and also including uh, all the energy that's coming around with Comet Elanine. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. To start, I mean, that's kind of a wide question. <laughs> it uh, really is. I'll give you as long as you like to answer. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not sure. Uh, if, first of all, I guess... You let, know, me, the, let me explain, because, because uh, George and Sean David Morton have both uh, have different views on the significance of the comet. 
in terms of what they have to say. And so you've just been involved in a conference on Comet Elanine. So just wanted to get your impressions of what that's all about and, and, and those guys, actually. Okay. Uh, so, so, well, first of all, I recently, or I was in Glastonbury, England, and I interviewed George Kavasilis because I ran into him on the street, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Glastonbury is a very small place. <laughs> um, but uh, it, was, it was serendipity because uh, I had wanted to interview George, and in fact, I had him on my radio show. I do a radio show on American Freedom Radio. Let me give it a plug. Sure, Dave. Tonight, um, tonight, I will be interviewing uh, Clifford Carnicom about chemtrails, and a lot of people are chafing at the bit basically they've been dying to have me interview this man so uh here's your chance to listen uh tonight at 7 p.m pacific time but at any rate um so i i uh okay so so i interviewed george and we we had already hit it off i actually interviewed him when i was on my radio show in i was in south africa doing my radio show which was quite a feat i have to say um in the middle of the night there but um, George and I kind of hit it off then, and so it was great when I ran into him in England, and he had time for me to interview him. So we had um, I had Tommy Hansen, my my webmaster, who uh, everyone will know is the webmaster of Camelot, with me as my cameraman, and we were able to capture a really great interview with George, um, and that's available on my website. Uh, as far as Elenin is concerned, uh, you, you know, I, we didn't really talk all that much about Elenin, George and I. Uh, and now I think that there's some confusion in terms of Elenin also out there. So let me clarify, first of all. Right. Uh, I've done a, uh, a very wa large conference with Richard Hoagland and uh, five other four or five other people, uh, and it's available on our website um, for people. And it was initially a live stream, live event. And uh, we've had, you know, many, many viewers and uh, many people also stealing <laughs> our, our footage and putting it all over the place, uh, including on YouTube, etc. But we do charge for these conferences uh, simply because uh, we need to pay the speakers, otherwise they wouldn't be showing up. And uh, and and my web team needs money, and I need money to pay rent, etc. So, but what happened was, Ellen and what happened was initially, I got some whistleblower testimony about Ellen and Ellen and being a comet that is not really a comet that is a small body that has entered our solar system that scientists have been tracking that has been supposedly assigned as a person who had discovered is this guy named Leonid Leonid Elenin Leonin who base who nobody could be named that by accident no it's it's just this weird you know, I, I don't even know. I mean, it's like this has to be an agent working for the Illuminati on some level. And the coincidence of having this last name that then, if you decipher it, relates to a comet that comes from the constellation of Leo. And is, if you translate Ellen, in, uh, it translates to Horus. And some people like to say, just take the first three letters, but it's actually the whole name. Elenin, and according to Richard Hoagland, this translates as Horus. So there's there's uh, shades of the return of the Anunnaki in the symbolism behind Elenin. Elenin itself, uh, my understanding is that it's a piloted and or um, 
controlled craft. And this was information that I had gotten from a couple of whistleblower sources, both of whom uh, are highly trustworthy, I have to say, one which came from deep within NASA. Um, this is before Hoagland went on to Coast to Coast and then publicly announced that he had whistleblower testimony that had communicated with him, saying that Elenin was a controlled craft. Um, so he was hot on the trail of that as well. And so we got together and we did this conference. Um, now, on top of that, uh, there in the conference, it, it gets quite involved. And uh, there's all kinds of science that has to do with where the trajectory is going to be crossing certain pa um, planets at what date. Um, there's a you know, there's uh, what is in essence uh, a coincidence that's much too, too um, fortuitous, if you might say. Um, to do with 9-11, uh, in which it's going to be crossing over the elliptic at a certain place then. Um, and, and all of this is, is more science that actually is not my forte, so I'm not going to even try to speak to it except to say that it's quite, um, it's quite accurate as far as the traje trajectory of this so-called comet or this body that is acting like a comet at this time. Now, if it's not a comet, you can appreciate that it could change its its uh, it could change uh, its path at any time, and and that has to be factored in. So there's that's one aspect. Um, there are other aspects that have to do it with it behaving like a comet, and that it in a sense you could say Phobos, for example. Uh, which is a moon around Mars, is a also a comet, but it is a piloted craft as well. And I have this on um, very good whistleblower authority. Uh, and I believe Hoagland would agree with me on that. And so there, there is a tradition of various ET races using comets uh, or, or so-called moon-like objects or whatever you want to call them, smaller bodies, as, um, as piloted craft. They, they inhabit the inside and so on. Um, and from one whistleblower testimony that I have in regard to this Elenin, uh, it is, um, let, let's say, um, an ET group is bringing it, sort of, is piloting it, it in. And we are also, uh, supposedly there's an accompaniment of several craft along with Elenin that are um, smaller, but they are craft, and they are, very likely ours uh, from the secret space program. So there's that aspect. Then um, there is uh, the testimony to do with Planet X and Nibiru, uh, the dark star, which has to do with Andy Lloyd. And many people are thinking that Elenin is like a precursor for or, um, or is followed by this very large body, which is larger than Jupiter. So this is where there there is a great deal of disinfo and a lot of confusion out there about these more than one body. And there is there is also another comet, which is called um, YU fifty five two thousand five YU fifty five, which is coming from the direction of the sun, that is also going to cross over uh, the it come close to the Earth. In fact, closer than Elenin will, for that matter, um, according to Hoagland, anyway. And um, that also seems to be a sort of a piloted body. And there is evidence, uh, in fact, from what one of the things, clues that Hoagland gave me early on was to read the book Ra uh, Rendezvous with Rama, an Arthur C. Clarke book. Uh, that's about a, 
basically a an object that comes into the solar system that is in essence a sort of robotic craft um, and comes close to Earth and then actually goes outside the solar system and just carries on and and at some point I guess returns. Um, so so there is all kinds of subterfuge and, and mystery around this this body um, and these comets that are that are coming close to the Earth at this time. And what is your own interpretation of the reason for this? If <laughs> well, it's it's again, you know, it depends who you want to listen to. And again, the discernment. This is where obviously discernment and what resonates comes in. And we are going to be on different levels and have different um, sort of things hit us in different ways. And some of us have, let's say, more of a need to know than others. So sometimes even if you want to know and even if you have a pretty good sort of sense of truth, you may not be in on the secret simply because your soul has decided that that um, you're going to have to approach this reality in a different way and not have sort of all the cards in hand. Uh, which which means the experience becomes uh, deeper in in some ways, but if you do have some of the cards and you do know some of the things that are going to be happening, uh, it it may also have to do with your uh, sort of level of uh, evolvement. You may not be long for this place, uh, so to speak. And this is all uh, it may you know other people may disagree, but that's that's kind of my point of view. But at any rate, um, so what we're talking about with this is that. Hoagland thinks that this body, Elenin, is a, um, he thinks it's a controlled craft, but he doesn't necessarily think it's piloted from inside. At least he's not kind of, at this point, he wasn't, at the point of the conference, he wasn't going that far. Uh, whereas my whistleblower information is that it is piloted from inside very possibly. That means it's occupied by some beings. Uh, the, Hoagland believes that it is sent, it is named for Horus uh, for a reason, and he believes that the messenger, by the way, from Hor from the Nibiru and, and Horus on the ground is, is Obama, believe it or not. Um, and there's some basis for that belief. It has to do with uh, it, symbolism in Egypt and, and Obama's connection, uh, prior life connection to Egypt, etc. Um, Hoagland thinks this is a disclosure event. He thinks that the powers that be are going to use Elenin as kind of a disclosure type event uh, in the fall. And he cites certain dates, and there are certain very crucial dates associated with Elenin. Uh, ones that come to mind for me that I've heard consensus on, and that's even with scientists in JPL, for example, um, have to do with around September 20, I think it's 26, 27, 28, and then uh, October 16th. Um, and then in November, I think around the 9th of November. And then there's also a date uh, that Hoagland cites, which is August 3rd or August 2nd, when the U.S. is, by coincidence, uh, by non-coincidence, defaulting on its loan. So, Kerry, I've actually got to bring you to a stop again because we're heading, heading into our second break, but we'll come back uh, to hear <laughs> the end of that story for sure. <laughs> it's been a tongue for awakening to conscious co-creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? 
Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm having a great uh, time just listening to, to Kerry Regalis with these great stories. But before we return to Kerry, just want to remind you to check out my website, www.petertongue.com and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. As I mentioned, we've got George Cavasilis in town this weekend on Saturday. And the following Saturday, sorry, the following Sunday, August the 7th, will be our Leo uh, Landscape Workshop. And interesting, we were talking about Leonid Elenin earlier. We're very much in the energies of Leo right now. And just before the break, Kerry was about to talk about August 2nd, 3rd, uh, which is the uh, the date of the deadline for the debt in the U.S., and it is also the day that Mercury turns retrograde. I'm not sure who chose that day, Kerry, but talk a bit more about next week. Okay, uh, yeah, that's going to be a wild ride, I, I imagine, uh, it, it, you know, because planetary alignments during that time and mercury retrograde in fact i've been feeling it already this week so i think we're moving into a very uh heightened and tumultuous uh time but you know i have to say before i continue that this is a very exciting time to be alive and i really want to encourage people to take a different sort of point of view than than to put themselves in a fear uh, based uh paradigm I, I think that you know what you need to realize is that you're an inter- eternal being and that you came here to participate in a, in a really massive show if you will and that you're an actor uh, indeed on the stage and that that this is something that you wanted to be part of otherwise you would not be here and so with that in mind I think that you should you know enjoy the show and enjoy what's going to 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 take place enjoy what's going on um and 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 live every day uh with all the passion that you have and and i think that that's the way to go um and so i i i'm at the moment i'm very very cognizant of the illuminati sort of plot to take people especially so-called light workers i call them light warriors um off track by making you think that uh, in a it sort of live in a sort of a fear-based uh, well I've got to prepare for the future kind of 3D mindset um, and, and and I think whereas you know a certain amount of that is you know you need to pay your rent and bills etc like anyone uh, and I appreciate that and or if you want to you know go to a way to a safe place and and stock up um, perhaps you find that advisable go right ahead. 
But I think what matters most is how we live this time. And so I just want to encourage everyone to live each moment fully and to and to value this wonderful experience here on planet Earth. Um, okay, so with that... <laughs> well, actually, I'd like you to continue just a little bit longer on that because that, that, that to me is what is what I'm all about in this program, Awakenings of Conscious Co-Creation. And so it is going beyond the fear and the 3D, 3D world. So let's give people a little bit more information on how they can best prepare themselves because it is going to be tumultuous, obviously, but there's also wonderful opportunities there. So how can people best prepare themselves for this? Well, absolutely. Um, well, one of the ways is obviously through meditation. Uh, and I, I think that if you don't meditate or you think you don't meditate, you probably do, first of all. Uh, even if you sort of ride a bus or you take a subway, you're probably in a meditational state and you don't realize it. Um, and I hate to say that the negative downside of that is you probably are in a meditative state when you're watching TV, by the way. Uh, and that's why they can get to you with certain uh, suggested whatever stuff um there is a positive side to to watching tv though i do want to say and a negative side you can learn from everything and it's really important to realize that as a soul you came here to learn you came here to teach and you came here to learn and in um no being is is sort of uh outside that parameter in terms of of this reality so with that in mind i i think it's really important to to use meditation to, in essence, open yourself up to uh, to more of your capabilities, as I was initially talking about, um, to experience and to experiment. This world that we're in is is indeed a co-creation, and part of uh, co-creating has to do with learning the art of play, and also learning the art of uh, experimentation. In other words it is okay to try things out. And that really uh, goes across the board, I have to say, that as a soul, if you're attracted to something, that you need to acknowledge that and you need to not necessarily um, go off the deep end with whatever it is, but you do need to understand and go deeper to, to begin to uh, to know what it is that's attracting you in order to free yourself. So freeing oneself is not... Um, uh, it, the pattern if you want to free yourself from this reality, from 3D, is not to run away. It is not avoidance, if you will. It has to do with, uh, with actually uh, allowing uh, things to, to come at you. And if you find something re-entering your life time and time again, whether it be a positive experience or a negative experience, there's something there that you haven't acknowledged and you need to, to recognize and once you do and, and sort of give it uh, sort of love and acceptance, then it, you will find that it actually dissipates. It, it almost melts into thin air. Um, and it's a fascinating process. It's kind of like uh, you can imagine if you have a, a very rabid wolf, it's, it's like meeting the wolf um, head on and, and eye to eye, uh, but with, with peace in your heart. And, um, and, and when you do that with your fears and you do that with, uh, with the things that are coming at you, um, in that moment of stillness, I think you will find uh, you access your higher mind and you access your, your higher self. And, uh, and, and, and magical things can happen. So I just wanted to sort of throw that out. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and, and, and certainly the work we've been doing, we're, we're noticing that the animals and the birds are 
as we're becoming more consciously connected, becoming connected with us as well. So that your rabid wolf story is a good one because it's it's that conscious connection that we are beginning to to make, and it's almost as if there's no fear from them anymore because we are actually connecting on a peaceful, loving level. Yes, it's true. There's uh, well, it's a morpho morphogenetic uh, morphogenetic genetic field. Uh, so so what's happening is we are creating this this morphic field around us which is growing and the connection between us all is is expanding uh at an exponential rate project camelot has been very involved in that and um it's been thrilling to see it see it materialize and expand and uh and because of that we're all also learning at leaps and bounds and you have to uh once you realize that we are in other words you don't necessarily have to read every book to get this information it's there it's in the morphic field around us and all you need to do is access it as dr pete peterson would say um you know it's it's in the uh in the field around you so so you know even scientists are starting to to realize that he calls it an information field in his case being a scientist um so i guess to go back to the elenin uh sort of thing it, it just there are different points of view as i said hoagland thinks this is disclosure event i am not so sure i actually see this as i believe it may be part of a, a project blue beam fake alien invasion scenario which i do think that the powers that were are working on uh very steadily at this time i'm not sure they're going to be able to pull such a thing off uh and there uh there are reasons for that and one of the main reasons is of course the awakening of human beings around who aren't going to fall for such a deception but um uh, but i have to say the invasion has already happened <laughs> and so uh so this is really after the fact in my view we were invaded long ago in fact we ourselves are invaders um and in essence like i said if you're a composite of various beings you have sort of a if you will a karmic responsibility for just what kinds of invasions have happened here in this in this uh sort of really 3D going into 4D and we're more 4D at this time this planet is more 4D in my view than anything uh it's 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 actually moving out of 3D very very quickly I just wanted to ask you because you you raised it earlier um and obviously with project camelot we just got about 2 or 3 minutes to the break but um in terms of your having to or or choosing to make a connection to the dark side in doing all the whistleblowing and one of the obvious questions is why have you chosen to go this route in particular where obviously there's some real challenging elements to it and obviously your intention is to bring the light into the dark but just talk a bit about why this this route has evolved for you well my idea was to shine a light in the darkness uh and uh you know because i you know not to be an egotist here but because i came in as a light uh it was very clear from the beginning that that's what i would be doing so uh so of course i i i i you know felt that the way one shines light into darkness is by revealing the truth and once the truth is revealed the light shines through uh that's you know that's the notion of behind the idea of a christ regardless whether you think that's a real being or a physical being or a uh you know or a metaphor um and and so it's it's really all about bringing your light uh into the darkness and uh so camelot was all about revealing not just the darkness but the big picture and as it happens on this planet 
it is, or <clears throat> excuse me, it has prim primarily been darkness. Um, this planet was in enfolded in darkness initially. Um, now, I think more and more the light is shining through anyway, but uh, Project Camelot is taking a very substantial hand in that, in my view, um, and as are many others like yourself. So it's uh, that was the purpose, was, was to bring the truth out and, and to get the light into the dark corners of, of what, was, what was dominating this planet and keeping it down, so to speak, and keeping humanity down. It would be great if you could uh, spend a few minutes. Uh, we'll probably have to go over. Uh, yeah, actually, we'll probably have to go over the break here. But what I'd like you to do is actually uh, in the last section, just talk about some of the people that you would consider the key people that, in your experience, are bringing tr the true information through, so that people can. So you've got so much information on your Project Camelot site. Some of the key people that that you know from your own experience are bringing forward the information that we need to know. And then what we need to do with that, so we can we can shift forward on our true path uh, in this incredibly, as you say, fantastic time for us to be alive on the planet. And I also want to give you the opportunity when we come back after the break to mention your Awake and Aware conference, which I know you're preparing for as well. Thank you very much. So this is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. the threshold of a dream and beyond seventh wave network do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life come and join our heart-centered community with peter tongue and sherry chase embrace love abundance integrity and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I have with me today Kerry Cassidy is giving us a fascinating insight into Project Camelot and the work that she has been doing with the whistleblowers and her own understanding of the bigger picture taking place right now. So Kerry, just give us the information on your websites where people can access your information uh, and also talk a bit about the Awake and Aware conference. Okay, gladly. Uh, so basically our website is projectcamelot.org. Uh, and uh, that's the main URL. Uh, you, you can also go to projectcamelot.tv to see uh, the various live events that we've been putting on uh, over the web lately, which is a very exciting new 
format called the Project Camelot Roundtable Discussion, uh, which is uh, done on video using live stream as an, a live event uh, with various speakers talking to each other and comparing notes, something that is never done and uh, sorely needed across the board uh, and, and out there. And um, so, so that's something we've been involved in doing. We, in fact, we have a very exciting event on Friday with the Dogons coming forward. Two representatives of the Dogon from Africa are going to be addressing humanity for the first time uh, with what the Dogon, uh, their Dogon chiefs have sort of given them a mission to come forward at this time and speak to the world. Uh, Miriam Delicato has been heavily involved in all of this, and uh, she will be there as well. I will be hosting, and this will be a free or by donation live stream event on Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So I encourage you to join us. If you can't join us at that time, it will be available to stream later. Again, uh, a free event, uh, but we are asking for donations for the Dogon and Miriam to go around to the various tribes around the planet to begin to unite them and to come forward to speak to the peoples of the world about the state of the planet and also to uh, inspire the the raising of consciousness around the world. So that's a very exciting event, and this, again, is Fawn Friday. Um, aside from that, we have an Awaken Aware 2011 conference. I gave a conference, Awaken Aware, uh, 2009, uh, very successful event. Uh, various Camelot whis- uh, whistleblowers came forward and spoke to people uh, at a live event. This was actually an in-person live event, whereas the other ones were doing our virtual on the on the net. Uh, so, Awake and Aware 2011 is taking place on September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Uh, it's it's a very exciting event. The Friday night will be a lot of fun. We have a meet the speakers party. Uh, I believe that George Norrie is going to be introducing the speakers uh, as as part of that event. We hope to have some live music, and the speakers will be there for you to actually go up to and talk to. So that will be a lot of fun. We've got amazing group of speakers. And if you go to our website at projectcamelot.org, you can find the poster on the front page if you scroll down uh, and see some of the, p- the people that are speaking. Uh, we've got Marcia Schaefer, Miriam Delicato, Rich Dolan, Bob Dean, David Wilcock, Graham Hancock, Sean David Morton, Richard C. Hoagland, Nassim Harriman, Duncan O'Finian, myself and Bill Ryan. And we're all going to be together in one place. Uh, here in the Los Angeles area at the Irvine Hilton near the airport for the whole weekend. And everyone stays in the hotel. uh, And so we can have late night events uh, aside from, you know, get togethers aside from the actual speaker events that go on all day long. And, um, And I have to say, it's a lot of fun. And it is also, I mean, last time people really couldn't get over the magic. What happens is we really create a morphic field uh, that resonates and stays with people for weeks after the event because it's so exciting. And there will be some people there from, uh, let's say we're inviting celebrities, we're inviting that are interested in this area of, of higher knowledge, and we are inviting uh doesn't mean they'll come, but we are inviting them, and we are inviting uh, 
whistleblowers are always allowed in free to any of my events. So that's there will be some some behind the scenes individuals in that way. Some that you may even recognize or find out who they are if you're there. So it's it's a really exciting networking event, and I encourage everyone to come. And uh, right now the tickets are on sale. Uh, they're seventy five dollars a day. Friday night is thrown in free. Um, which is amazing. Uh, and we are also going to stream this uh, live over the Internet uh, to worldwide. So, so it's going to be an exciting event. We're also going to have it organized around the, the world in uh, venues so that it can be live streamed into to major venues for people to congregate and network uh, simultaneously. So we're, we're kind of... We're branching out, and I think it's going to be very exciting. Certainly a very powerful group of people. So, Kerry, if you could just, because we're coming up fairly close to the end of the show, I'd love you just to mention a few of the people that you consider the key people to listen to in terms of the information they bring forward and what we need to know about the future. Okay. Uh, well, on, on the Project Camelot website, uh, we have uh, we actually have over 200 hours of video and audio footage. In fact, it's it's probably more like 300 hours at this point, and uh, it's a huge library of work. But Bob Dean is one of the favorites, uh, hands down, and we've done maybe three, four interviews with him now at this point. So he is uh, a whistleblower, and he actually broke his disclosure oath to come forward. He was so angry once he had been clued in uh, through a document that was at, he accessed at SHAPE headquarters um, through a superior officer who gave it to him. He's really an impeccable uh, one-man disclosure project, if you will. Uh, so I highly recommend him. Uh, Henry Deacon, he didn't come forward under his own name until much later. Uh, he worked on Mars. He talked about um, all the things that are really going on in black projects and the secret space program. His information is available on documents on our site initially. Uh, and then he did come forward for a what we call a future talk with Bob Dean that happened at the Barcelona conference, which was infamous because that's where Henry Deacon went on stage and said he had been on Mars. Uh, they actually asked us to leave the stage. They weren't they act, they didn't want that kind of disclosure to happen unfortunately at the time but uh and henry deacon has gone into hiding he is uh he is quite afraid for his life at this time so that's unfortunate but that does happen to whistleblowers uh, we've got so many amazing whistleblowers that it, it it's really hard to 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 even limit it at this time sure. <laughs> and i don't know i don't even know where to start um you know i've done a recent interview relatively recent with graham hancock there's Bariska, who we went to actually the uh, Russia to interview. He's an indigo boy who had past life recall of having been on Mars and started going around telling people at the age of seven. Um, you know, we have, of course, David Wilcock and Jim Mars, uh, Dolores Cannon. Uh, there are so many people. Alex Collier is 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 always a favorite. Uh, he spoke at our Awake and Aware 2009 conference he is also in hiding at this time uh you know we have so many people we have super soldiers like duncan ofinian that have come forward and other people that have a similar kinds of backgrounds uh like aaron mccullum 
there's just a huge amount of information. And I have to say that if you want to go down the rabbit hole, if you think <laughs> you don't know what's going on, um, Project Camelot is really like the one-stop shop. Thank you, Carrie. And we've got just one minute left. So a final summary from you on, on the world and what we need to be doing. Okay. Uh, well, I, I would minute. say stay awake and aware and, uh, and, and know that you may be here to help your fellow human deal with circumstances that they may have trouble with um, so that if you're in a non-safe place, maybe that's where you're meant to be when some of these crazy events do happen. Uh, ultimately, I think we're headed for 5D and for, for better shores. But uh, regardless of where you go at this time, this is your choice as a soul, so enjoy it. Thank you. That's a great little final summary, and I totally agree with that, and I really, really appreciate your time today. We've covered a lot of ground, and I'm sure people will be listening to this interview again, and I wish you well on your phenomenal journey uh, and your Awake and Aware and Project Camelot. Thank you so okay. much for joining me today. Thank you. Well, I'll take a bit of a deep breath there and just uh, let you know that my guest next week is going to be Hugh Newman, who, like Kerry, has organized many conferences including Megalithomania uh, in Glastonbury. And he's actually going to be talking about his experiences with the Indigo children and the way in which he was uh, awakened to an understanding of the Earth grids and the Earth mysteries. Um, so we're looking forward to that show next week. And just a final reminder to check out my own website, petertongue.com, myheartcenterjourney.com, and try and get to see George Cavasilis in Victoria this weekend. Vancouver the following weekend, or the Assetti Ranch on August the 13th with James Gilland. It's going to be a pretty exciting couple of weeks uh, in a really, really rapidly unfolding state of consciousness on planet Earth. So I hope you all have a very, very interesting week ahead. Pay attention to what's going on in the world. Also pay attention to Mercury Retrograde. Get yourselves organized and uh, back up the computers and watch your travel and just see the world unfold as it does. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.